Oh, hey there. You like true crime stories, right? Yeah, yeah, I know. Who doesn't? But I gotta admit, after a while, all those stories of murder and heartache, well, they tend to go straight to my hips. So that's why I, Leroy Luna, have created a podcast called Excuse Me, That's Illegal, where we'll take a hardcore look at some softcore crimes. No TED Talks on Bundy here. The letters BTK won't be coming from these lips. Unless he had a brother that used to steal library books. Suppose I'd be willing to go balls deep into that one if that were the case. Anyways, you'll hear stories such as the Mad Pooper, a female jogger who wreaked havoc in a Colorado Springs neighborhood, using one family's front yard as her own personal dumping grounds. If this kind of content sounds like it's up your alley, excuse me, that's illegal. It's available right now on all your favorite podcatchers. So come join me. I'll be right here waiting for you. <laughs> Hola, mucho gusto. Me llamo Mogab. Mogab has downloaded Duolingo and <laughs> now thinks she's fluent in Spanish. <laughs> Listen, mad respect to Coach Pardo, but I've learned more from Duolingo. Is that Duol- Duolingo? Duolingo. Not it's sponsored, by the way. <laughs> okay, but they should be, but. <laughs> I learned more from that app than I did from Coach Pardo, and I wasn't. I took Spanish for two years, so and I've been on the app for three days. Trace Años. I mean, tra- no, not Trace Años. Trace Diaz. Diaz. <laughs> Lo siento. You'll be fluent in no time. Welcome to another episode of True Crime Creepers, where we talk about all the real life creeps, from serial killers to con artists. I'm Kristen, the true crime fanatic who loves to tell these stories. And I'm Ogap, the true crime newbie who hasn't heard any of them. Happy New Year, Mogab! Oh my gosh. Feliz New Años, because I... Navidad. No, Navidad is Christmas. Feliz... (laughs) New well, it's Nueva. not new. <laughs> new I know. <laughs> no, Nuevo's not new. That's a number. Uno dos tres cuatro cinco. Nueve is nine. <laughs> Nueva. Look it up. New in Espanol. I'm sure that's in Nuevo. Oh, really? Yes, Nuevo años or Nueva okay, if you're feminine. If the fe- is the feminine. Not nueve, ocho, diez. <laughs> I'm only on unit two, but you wait. There's like a hundred units. Of, I'm, I really believe I'm going to be fluent-ish, like white people <laughs> fluent. Like I'm going to sound terrible, but I'm going to understand it. Well, is that your New Year's resolution to learn Espanol? No, I have three New Year's intentions because I feel like the world's resolute enough. I didn't make resolutions. I did intentions. But this one is happening by mistake, and a retired Spanish teacher is my coworker at work, and she'll have to, like, message me stuff, and I've asked her to only message me in Spanish if she needs something from me. So I'm, I really feel like it's going to take effect, you know? Excellent. Okay. All right. Well, I can't yeah. wait. <laughs> <laughs> Gracias. I'm so excited to be back. This is our first episode since our big break. And uh, thanks for hanging in there, people. We're sorry, but we feel much more refreshed. Yes. 
Yes, though I did get caught up in all the Southwest <laughs> kerfuffle on my Christmas Eve. So <laughs> just about to say, actually, when I said we feel much more refreshed, why don't you tell the people about your break? Oh my gosh, I was supposed to go visit my family in LA and my flight got canceled like tens of thousands of other people. Southwest still has my luggage because I checked my suitcase. Luckily, I didn't get stranded anywhere, so it could have been worse, but yeah. Wait, you still about... have your stuff? No. <laughs> I've seen those photos and I'm like, tell me this is Photoshop. What do you do? Well, I filled out a form <laughs> on their website, so... We'll see. They're supposed to be in contact with me soon, but they they certainly have a nightmare on their hands. I mean, it's just hands, sitting so. at Hobby, right? Like, can't you just, like, go traverse the... So the problem with that is I've been up to the airport twice and waited in lines for hours and hours and hours and got no answers. And I'm just not doing that again. So yeah, if that means you. having to wait, like, a little while longer to get my stuff back, that's fine. I've itemized and priced everything out. So uh. they're either... You know, they're either going to give me my stuff back or they're going like, to pay for it. <laughs> I would prefer the check. <laughs> I mean, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Mogab, have you been seeing all of the videos of this girl getting a Waffle House? Are you even going to ask me that? People are so like, you, do you know her? Are you related you, to her? I'm like, of course I know well, her. Well, did you see that Ed Zachary put your face on a meme of her? Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> yes. Also, y'all, that's in the Facebook group. I taught that girl everything she knows, obviously. (laughs) We're talking about, if you haven't seen it yet, there's a video of a brawl. Everyone's seen it. A brawl happening at the Waffle House. And some customer throws a chair across the counter at the staff. And one of the waitresses just effortlessly grabs the chair and like throws it back. Like one-handed, like a hero. Y'all, quit going into Waffle Houses and instigating. I know it's not our listeners, but now it's become such like a bit on social media. Like, Mm. these people are trying to make a living. Quit instigating them and fighting with them (laughs) because you will lose every time. (laughs) And it's honestly rude. Let it be known here that you will lose every time. (laughs) It's making me mad. Leave these people alone. Yeah, sign up for the Patreon and listen to the Waffle House mini creep, okay? It's the Waffle House, not your grandma's house. You need to act right. (laughs) okay back on track y'all Kristen made me a visual aid for today's episode but unlike previous ones where i used to be able to really flame the glitter gel pen or the rhombus (laughs) this now she's just taken to making a note on her iphone which is upsetting yet very effective (laughs) it's helpful it'll be helpful i know i can't wait there's a lot of names on here yeah there are a lot of names in this one that's why i wanted to make sure you had your cast of people All right. Are you ready to get into this? I very much am, yes. The first one of the new year. (laughs) Make it good. Yay. Okay. Well, big, big thanks to Nikki for suggesting this case. I think she messaged me on Instagram. So thank you, Nikki. I can't really say there was like one source that was more helpful than the others. We know, girl. Some of us had to link them all. I know. There was like a million. And then I sent you like one more (laughs) after that. I was like, wait, she, uh, cause Nikki was super helpful. She sent me some resources and then I thought that I had uh, a pretty good understanding of what happened. And then she sent me another article that kind of threw me through a loop. So big thanks. I will say big thanks to the Lawson case blog spot for having all of the links to the trial transcripts, which were incredibly helpful. This was one that I actually read like 
so much of the trial testimony transcripts. And let me tell you, the way lawyers have to ask questions is so annoying in a trial. It is the most annoying thing in the world. I thought they just said, did you not? I thought that's how they asked. <laughs> that's all I remember ever. That's just ever. Christina Gutierrez. Did you not? <laughs> that's our Christina Gutierrez impression from the Adnan case. <laughs> all right. This one we're talking about today is the murder of Josiah Lawson. I love that name. You're going to love all of the names in this case. It's okay. kind of ridiculous how good the names are. <laughs> David Josiah Lawson had big plans for his future. He was a recent high school graduate with honors from Rancho Verde High School in Southern California, and he was attending Humboldt State University in Arcata, California, which is a really small school that's about 90 miles south of the Oregon border. He was majoring in criminal justice with plans to become a lawyer, and then later he wanted to go into politics. Ooh. He was the first in his family to go to college, and he loved the outdoors, and he loved everything about Humboldt State University. It was nestled among the Redwoods. Arcata is in Humboldt County. It's a remote rural area. It's absolutely beautiful. I mean, maybe it's because I grew up in Northern California, but there's something... Yeah, you're biased. <laughs> there's something so special about the Redwoods. And if you were to visit Humboldt County, you'd probably want to go see the Redwoods, and then you'd want to tour all the Victorian mansions, and maybe you'd even stumble upon a herd of elk. They have a culture that just seems to be separate from the rest of California. Like, if you go over mm. Memorial Day weekend... You can catch the annual kinetic sculpture race where they literally race oh. mobile works of art. <laughs> oh, it's like a whole vibe, huh? Yes. The Redwoods, it's like a whole vibe. Yes, it's a whole vibe. There's idyllic small villages that look like they were ripped out right out of a Hallmark movie. And, and that's grown over the last 25 years. Areas in Humboldt County that used to be dreary and full of failed businesses are now thriving with bookstores and galleries and bakeries. Arcata is one of those like picturesque, idyllic little towns called one of America's most enlightened towns. There's something oh. just mystical and magical about the area. That sounds very culty. Yeah, well, but there's also this dark underbelly that you might not see if it doesn't affect you personally. They have the second highest homicide rate in California, and there's a lot of unsolved murders. Wait, like in the whole state? Yeah, in the whole state. And the you first can't, the, no. I know. I know. You can't mix that stat with Hallmark movie. This can't be the same. <laughs> I know. It yeah, it has two sides to it. <laughs> when Josiah came back to Humboldt for his second year in August of 2016, he rented a house with a couple of girls he was friends with that was just a short walk from school. He was ready to go back. But before the end of the year, on April 15th, 2017, Josiah Lawson was murdered. <gasps> that night, Josiah had been at a party at 1120 Spear Avenue with his girlfriend, Renalyn Bobadilla, who went by Ren. Excuse me. I know. As well as Josiah's roommate, Annalisha, and two of their friends' brothers, Kyle and Christoph Castillo. I literally could My not have chosen better names if I was God. writing fiction. <laughs> I want all of those names unless they I murdered him in a book. <laughs> I know. No, they didn't. 
It was a huge party in a small house. The crowd was estimated to be about 100 people. And the house was a small one-story single-family house with attached garage and an unkempt tiny backyard. Just other people? Yeah, just crammed into this little, you know, house. Josiah was the president of an organization called Brothers United, and one of the brothers was DJing the party, so they were going to support him. The group got there late, around 1 or 2 a.m., and by 3 a.m., they were ready to leave. Now, I'm just going to say, from here on out, depending on who you ask, you're going to get a different story of what happened, and all of the people telling the story were drunk. Hmm. Ren said that as they walked out the front door, this girl Lila was standing there on the porch with her boyfriend Kyle Zellner and her friends, Naya, Casey, and Angelica. Lila and Kyle had been together about four years. They lived together at this time. Neither were students at the university. Both were locals to the area. Lila attended classes at a community college nearby, and Kyle worked for a catering company. Kyle asked Josiah's group of friends if they'd seen an iPhone because Lila had lost hers. And when they said no, according to Ren, Lila did not believe them. Ren said that Lila aggressively demanded that they flip out their pockets, saying that she knew they had it. And Okay, wait, wait sorry. Mm-hmm. Lila is with Kyle, the other Kyle. And yes. that group asked about the iPhone to yep. Ren and Josiah. Yep, you got it. Okay. I know, lots of people to keep up with in this story. But really, the most important people are really Josiah and Ren, boyfriend and girlfriend, Kyle and Lila, boyfriend and girlfriend. And it's kind of those two sides and then their friends. And their people. Okay. Yeah. The group, Josiah's group, obviously was like, no, we're not going to turn out our pockets. We don't have your phone. And Kyle Castillo turned to Kyle Zellner and asked him to tell Lila to relax, saying that she didn't know him like that, and basically he didn't like being accused of stealing her iPhone. Ren thought that they were specifically accusing Josiah because he was black and told them not to talk to her boyfriend like that. Is he the only black person in this group? I believe so, but there are other people of color. Like, Ren is Hispanic, so is Lila, I think, and the Castillo brothers, I believe. Okay. But Oh, Kyle and Christoph are brothers. I just see their last names. Okay. Yes. Kyle Zellner is different. There's two Kyles, so don't get that mixed up. I'm not sure about Angelica, but everybody else is white. Okay. Gotcha. Like Naya and Kyle Zellner. Okay. And then chaos basically erupted. Ren admitted to throwing the first punch at Lila, and they started fighting. So Josiah and the Castillo brothers started fighting Kyle. It lasted a few minutes, and then the fighting ended after Kyle was knocked to the ground. According to Naya... Which Kyle? Kyle Zellner. Yeah, from here on out, I'm really just going to be saying the Castillo brothers. If I say Kyle, I'm talking about Kyle Zellner. Sorry, got it. Yeah, no, thank you for asking. According to Naya, Josiah and the Castillo brothers continued punching Kyle after he was on the ground. And then Lila's friend Angelica got out a can of bear mace and gave it to Naya, who started spraying this bear mace. Naya said she was aiming it at Josiah and the Castillo brothers, and she sprayed it until the entire can was empty. Josiah went... (laughs) She, like, gassed out the whole house? (laughs) Well, this is outside. They're, like, on the front porch area. Okay. 
Josiah went with Ren and the Castillos away from the house toward the street, while Lila, Kyle, and their friends stayed by the front of the house. Naya said the whole thing took, play- took about five minutes. When Josiah's group reached the street, Ren's eyes and face were starting to burn, and she was worried that one of the girls had thrown drugs or something at her face. Nobody had seen Naya spraying the mace. Oh. Josiah's eyes were dripping as well, so Josiah and the Castillo brothers are, like, all on their knees. Their faces are all burning. Ren is panicked about what it is, and so she runs back to the house to confront the girls about what they'd sprayed or thrown at them while Josiah and the Castillo brothers waited by the street. And this street is kind of odd. There's this main road, which is Spear Avenue, and then where this house was, it was like down a cul-de-sac off of Spear Avenue that had four houses, and 1120 was in the back of this section of houses. It it was about 100 feet from that house to the actual street. A friend of Josiah's named Paris Wright came up to Josiah And told him that Ren was arguing with a couple of girls up at the house, but he told him that it didn't look that serious because he didn't want Josiah to overreact or he didn't want to make Ren overreact. And Josiah said, okay, he's going to go get her and they were going to leave. Paris said that later, Paris didn't tell this to Josiah, but later he said that Ren looked like she wanted to fight and that Kyle Zellner and the girls looked like they did not want to fight. Paris. What a name. That it's a boy. I love that name. Uh huh. Yeah. Once again, the names here. I no, know. What is this? Josiah headed towards the house and Paris toward his roommate's car. Life doesn't happen bi weekly, so why should payday? The money you earn can be in your hands today with Earn In. EarnIn is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 a day or $750 per pay period. Just download the EarnIn app and verify your paycheck, and then access your money as you earn it instead of having to wait for it to hit your account. Any money you access, including any optional tips, are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. It is a much-needed alternative to predatory payday lenders for people that find themselves in a bind, like a bill due Wednesday when payday isn't until Friday. Or you're like me and you're just getting slammed with birthdays. Why are all my friends Tauruses? With Earn In, I don't have to worry about being late with a gift because I had to wait for payday. Download Earn In today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earn In app, type in Creepers under podcast when you sign up. It'll really help the show. Creepers under podcast. Subject to your available earnings, location, daily max, and pay period max. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank & Trust, member FDIC. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around stressors, big and small. For me, this comes in the form of work, too many deadlines, relationships with people, irrational fears of the future. When we keep them bottled up, it can really start to affect us negatively mentally and physically. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. My therapist has really been helping me work on coping skills for how to handle my stress, how to handle day-to-day tasks that I struggle with, as well as working on communicating and improving personal relationships and just talking through problems with somebody who understands. It's something I wish I'd started ages ago. But finding a therapist is so overwhelming. Are they taking new patients? Are they taking insurance? And once you find one that says yes to both of those, are they a good fit? 
If not, you have to start the process all over again. If they are a good fit, you've got to figure out some way to fit appointments into your busy schedule. But BetterHelp takes away all of those barriers, and I'm so thankful. I love my therapist. I really feel like they took my questionnaire that I filled out when I signed up and really used it to match me to the perfect person. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Creepers today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Creepers. Ren said she instigated this second fight because she was so pissed off about the bear spray. In the article in the Osprey magazine, she said she was livid. But in her court testimony, she made a point to say she wasn't angry. She was panicked. So. No, girl, you getting sprayed with bear mace, you're panicked and you're pissed. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm a pissed. Little, little from column A, a little from column B. Anyway, once again, Ren threw the first punch at Lila. Ren's description of the fight was a lot more serious than what Paris had described to Josiah. She said Lila was biting her boob. There were punches, Ooh. kicks, scratching, hair pulling. And at the end of it, Ren had a puncture wound that she said, according to the doctors and detectives, was a stab wound, but also said might have been from a key. I'm not sure. Or some other sharp object. This is really scrappy. Yeah, scrappy. Naya, Lila's friend, stepped in to break up Lila and Ren and said that she grabbed Ren's hair and told her that she would let go when Ren let go of Lila's hair. Meanwhile, while Lila, Naya, and Ren are fighting, (laughs) no one seemed to know where Kyle or Josiah are. And here's where Naya and Lila's stories differ pretty substantially from Paris Wright's version of events. Naya and Lila both say that during this fight, Kyle was getting punched and kicked on the ground and that they ran over to him after... Like, Naya broke up the fight. They ran over to Kyle, and Lila, like, threw her body on top of him to get the guys to stop punching and kicking him, and that it appeared that Kyle was unconscious. Oh, no. And that's when they say they heard someone say, someone got stabbed. Naya said that they were still laying over Kyle's body when they heard that, and that his eyes were half open and rolling back into his head, and he wasn't moving. Paris tells a totally different story. He said that after he told Josiah about the fight between Ren and Lila, he was like walking towards his car to the street, so in the opposite direction, when he heard screams coming from the house. And so he ran back to the house and he saw Josiah and Kyle wrestling in the grass. Wait, I'm sorry. Who was walking and then turned around? Paris. After he had, yeah, after he had told Josiah like, hey, Ren's up at the front of the house, like getting in a fight. Yeah. He kept walking to the street, but he heard screams, so he went running back. And he sees Josiah and Kyle wrestling. They're on the ground. They're in the grass. Mm -hmm. Josiah was lying on his back, and Kyle was on top of him. His back was to Josiah's chest, and Josiah had one arm around Zellner's neck, around Kyle's neck, like in a headlock, Mm -hmm. and the other was around his arms. And so Paris ran over and tried to separate them. He tried to defuse the situation. He managed to get Kyle off of Josiah, and that's when he saw the blood. 
Harris lifted Josiah's shirt and saw a stab wound on his left side. And later they would see a stab wound on his chest, like in the center of his chest as well. He turned to Kyle all, and- Sorry, who's, whose mm-hmm. house are they at? Do we know? So they're, this guy Ace, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> what? <laughs> Was this a bad 80s movie? So I'm telling you, I got a different story about what house this was. Like some places said this was a birthday party. Some places said it was one of the brothers in the Brothers United that Josiah was a part of. But then they said, no, it was just they were DJing. I don't know. It was a guy. Let named me tell a- you. And then I think Ace maybe said it wasn't his house. But everybody was like, yeah, it, it was Ace's house. I, I have no idea whose house As someone was. who's had to crash and really kill the vibe <laughs> at many a college parties professionally, <laughs> you can always sniff out the real story if you try hard enough. <laughs> Well, people will turn. They will turn on each other. I, not in this case. I mean, that's not in this case. But I think I did sniff out the real story, but give me a second to Mm. get there. So he turned to Kyle. Paris turned to Kyle after he sees these stab wounds on Josiah. And he's like, did you stab my friend? Yeah, where's the knife? He didn't see a knife. Kyle did not have a knife in his hand at, at this time. But he'd already been stabbed. Paris did not mm-hmm. see him getting stabbed. Before Kyle could even respond, Paris punched him in the face, knocking him down to the ground. And while Josiah lay bleeding on the grass, witnesses say that they heard Lila Ortega say, I hope that N-word dies. So we think she did? No, I don't think she stabbed him. But that's what people are saying. She said. Said. She says she didn't say that. Naya later said, and I'll get into this in a little bit, but Naya said that she was so upset about Kyle thinking that he was going to die because of the state that he was in that she said something along those lines. But I don't know. Another friend of Josiah's named Elijah Chandler, he said that he was at the party. He was like in the backyard, just kind of chilling out. And he said that he walked around to see what all the yelling was about. And he saw Paris standing under a tree blocking Kyle, who was like, looked like he was trying to get away. And Elijah said that he had something shiny in his hand that Elijah couldn't identify. And that Paris just kept yelling, he stabbed my friend. He stabbed my friend. And Elijah saw Paris punch Kyle and something fall from Kyle's hand when he fell. Whose friend is Paris? Paris is friends with Josiah? Paris is one of the, yeah, Paris is friends with Josiah. He's one of the Brothers United. He's like in that group. Okay. Yeah. Is that like a fraternity of sorts? Of sorts. Yeah. It's an organization. Yeah. Elijah immediately ran to find Josiah, who was lying in the grass on the other side of the house from Paris and Kyle. And when I say other side of the house, I mean, they're they're all in the front yard, but it's like, yeah, they're on the left side side of the front and they're on the right side of the front you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. so they're close together they're not like you know yeah it's not a mansion it's not a mansion elijah saw the stab wounds but he also saw that josiah was still breathing and so he started applying pressure to all of josiah's wounds and then he started performing cpr while a large group gathered like people started coming out from the party now there's like 30 40 50 people out on this front lawn is he unconscious So Josiah said something to Elijah that I think he couldn't make out. He was still like slightly conscious at this time, I believe. 
Several partygoers, including Lila's friend Angelica, called the police to report the stabbing, and within 15 minutes, police arrived. Elijah had been performing CPR this entire time, which was good because the defibrillator that the officers brought was inoperable and didn't work. So I'm sorry, you gotta you gotta check broken, that routinely. Yeah. So one of the officers went and took over um, compressions, but yeah, it's a mess. Officers, and I don't know how to pronounce this. It is spelled L-O-S-E-Y, Losey, Officer Losey. Officers Losey, Jones, and Arminio were the first to arrive at the scene. They were the only officers on duty that night because this is a very small town. All of them were low-ranking officers, so the police chief had actually promoted Officer Losey to detective, like, real quick, and then sent him to the scene. I think he was, like, up for a promotion in maybe a couple of days or something, but he's like, you're a detective now. Like, go to the scene. (laughs) It's not exactly standard protocol on how to do that. Yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of training there. Yeah, it did take an hour and a half for a more senior officer to get to this crime scene, and it was utter chaos when they arrived. People were screaming that they needed an ambulance. Uh, But officers said that even though the crowd was really large and chaotic, that it was not aggressive. They were just like, ah, you know. Yeah. According to Officer Arminio, she took over chest compressions for Elijah while they waited for the ambulance. But she stopped administering chest compressions twice to deal with crowd control. (gasps) And Elijah says that Arminio never administered chest compressions on Josiah. He said that he was sitting there doing them, looking up like, why am I doing this? Why am I doing your job for you? So I don't know. My gosh, how traumatizing. Right. The crime scene was not secured. A perimeter was not set up until like five or six hours after the stabbing. The cordoned off area didn't even include where the stabbing had actually took place, only where Josiah had finally collapsed. 15 minutes after the first 911 call was made, the ambulance arrived and six minutes later took Josiah to the hospital. And at this time, he still had a heartbeat and paramedics continued with the life-saving CPR. Josiah's roommate and Alicia called Josiah's mom, Charmaine Lawson. And she was so upset that Charmaine could barely understand her. But soon she realized that Annalisha was trying to tell her that Josiah had been stabbed and that he'd been taken to the hospital in Arcata. Charmaine like tried to calm Annalisha down, just telling her Josiah would be fine because he had to be fine. The day before, Charmaine had been really busy. She was a single mom and even with Josiah away at school, she still had two kids at home. She worked full time at Kaiser Permanente and she left work a little early that day to go to a doctor's appointment and run some errands. She'd called Josiah while she was out and about, but he hadn't picked up. And so she left him a voicemail saying that if she was ever in jail, she was not calling him because you only get one phone call and he didn't answer his phone. Okay, Louise. (laughs) All right. Josiah. (laughs) And then Josiah called back right when Charmaine was walking in for her doctor's appointment. So she told him that she'd call him right back. And he said, for sure. And they hung up. But Charmaine forgot to call him back. You know, life got busy. Mm. And then by the time she knew it, she was going to bed. Those words, for sure, would be the last words she ever heard from him. At the hospital, it was discovered that Josiah had been stabbed multiple times, including once to the heart. And oh my god, over this phone, over this a suspicion. Yeah, I yeah, that's how this whole thing started. Was a lost iPhone. 
So who stabbed him? Where did the knife come from? When did that get pulled? It had to have been in this scuffle of all these people. Well, that is the question. So we'll get into what we know. What I think oh. is pretty clear about what happened, but nobody saw I the do actual... too. I think Kyle pulled a knife <laughs> or someone. It's one of these eight, 10, 12 people. <laughs> I know. Oh, just and see, I'd- this is why every time in college you were like, just come out to this frat house. And I was like, meh, because I'm a baby. I'm scared. Yeah, I I think just a bunch of lo- drunk people with like no. It's I'll just <sighs> never understand the logic of someone like, I'm mad. I think someone took my phone or I'm mad because this person cut me off on the road. I'm mm. mad. And so I'm like, my next move is to become violent. Like the people that like whip yeah. out a gun because someone like cuts them off in the lane. I'm like, so then we're going to shoot somebody? Like that's going to be the best I solution have here? Literally never in my life hit another person like out of anger. Yeah, ever. I've never even experienced road rage. Like to me, oh, I, I, I get, don't understand I get road, road rage. rage. I get road rage, but not to the extent where I'm like following them and like more where I'm just like, have the day you deserve. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think that's what I I hope you stub your toe tonight. (laughs) I don't think anyone that's raging is like, I hope you have the day you deserve. Yeah, I don't think that's rage. I might be yelling some expletives in there, you know, before and after the have the day you deserve. Yeah, I just don't understand how things get to this point. And we've done a hundred of these episodes and I'm shocked Mm -hmm. every time. I know. Violence is just never going to solve a problem. Josiah died at 4.07 a.m. before Charmaine could even figure out how to get up to him in Arcata. The hospital called her saying they were sorry that they did everything they could, but Josiah hadn't made it. That can be a phone call? Yeah. I mean, she's hours away, you know. Back at the party house, officers basically broke the party up. They sent everyone away without getting their names or contact information or anything. Later, the officers said they interviewed about 30% of the attendees, but it's been alleged in a civil lawsuit that that was a lie and that none of the attendees were interviewed. But even if it was 30%, that's like 30 people. That means you got 70 people that were not interviewed. I mean, you should be putting them there and interviewing everybody. I mean, you've seen a party scatter for like an MIP. Imagine a stabbing. Like, no one's like, oh, you know, I actually was there in attendance. Yes. (laughs) Right. That's terrible. One of the officers found the murder weapon, the knife, under a Mustang that was like parked near where Kyle and Josiah were fighting. But he couldn't be certain that he was wearing a glove when he picked it up. He only had one glove with him at the crime scene. Kyle Zellner was arrested that night. His clothes were covered in blood and his face was completely banged up. The officer told Kyle there was a knife found and asked him if he had any idea why his prints would be found on that knife. And Kyle said no. But a few days later, Kyle Zellner was charged with murder and he pleaded not guilty. Oh, his fingers all over that. His fingerprints all over that You'd think so. Yeah. This murder case didn't seem all that different from other murder cases in the area. It seemed pretty straightforward, actually. But it was going to be far from it. Two weeks after Josiah's death on May 1st, 2017, Kyle Zellner's preliminary hearing was held, which is where evidence is presented to a judge 
who then decides if there's enough there to take the case to trial, which I thought was for a grand jury to decide. So I'm not really sure what's the difference with a preliminary hearing. Lawyers out there, you want to explain that to me? Wait, we do have a lawyer that emails us. We should ask him. Yeah. Yeah, we should. I always think of these questions during recording. Never before. (laughs) The hearing lasted five days with police and partygoers all giving testimony on what happened. And there was no DNA evidence presented at the trial, given that it had only been two weeks, you know, so they they hadn't even gotten Mm -hmm. the evidence back yet. And Kyle's fingerprints were not found on the knife. Absolutely not. Did he wipe them off? Well, and if you look at the chain of custody of this knife, like you've got an officer potentially picking it up with his bare hands. Yeah. Uh, Anyways, on top of that, the witness statements were all conflicting, and we'll get into those witness statements in a little bit. By the end of the hearing, Judge Dale Reinholdson said that there was insufficient evidence for the case to go to a jury trial, and he dismissed the charges against Kyle. What? Someone died. I know. Does he know that someone died? Does the judge know that someone died? Did someone tell him that someone died? (laughs) I'm not sure if in this five days of testimony, if he ever actually heard that somebody died, but I'm I'm Well, that's the only excuse. (laughs) I know. I know. The judge said that witnesses contradicted each other. Most of the evidence was still being analyzed. No one had testified that there had actually that they had actually seen Kyle stab Josiah, and there was no proof that the knife was actually Kyle's or had his prints on it. Well, then you take it to trial, though. Like, well, he said that there was just not sufficient evidence to take it to trial. There just wasn't the evidence there. I feel like I've heard I said of plenty of trials without. <laughs> With like less feel- evidence? Yeah. Yes. No kidding. I know. I, I mean, mean, when I think of like the case against Isaac Wright, it's like, oh, okay. Well, I can think of a hundred pieces of evidence right now and they all have a first and last name and we're in attendance. There's a hundred people at this party. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So until you talk to all of them. Right. And we'll get into that in a little bit because they didn't get any names or contact information. I know. <laughs> I have a headache. Ugh. Uh, yeah. And this was so fresh. And when I say frustrating, I think that's the understatement of the century. But this was so frustrating to everyone. Protests started. People were chanting justice for Josiah on the courthouse steps. Josiah's mother, Charmaine, could not believe it. It seemed so obvious to everyone that it had been Kyle that had stabbed Josiah. They'd literally been fighting when Josiah was stabbed. Well, yeah. And yeah, don't even get me started. And no one saw Josiah fighting with anyone else but Kyle. And yet Kyle was out there walking free, charges dismissed. Yeah, that is wild to me. All I know, though, is that this is just where the story begins. Because if there is anyone with fight in them, it's a single mom who has lost their child. A single mom, that that's it. Mm-hmm. Like and she's on, she is on truly a like a a journey to get this a solved. mission. I know. Yeah, a mission, I mean, a hundred percent. Yeah, she doesn't live in Arcata. She lives in Southern California, and she's going up to Arcata like once a month to do these like protests and vigils and all these things, like just oh, trying to get 
something done to get justice for her son. Arcata Police Department came under a lot of fire for this. When people like a former FBI agent turned private investigator started looking into why the charges had been dropped, it seemed to be dripping in Arcata PD incompetence. And we see this a lot in small towns that they just aren't equipped and don't have the training or the manpower to handle major crimes. But it's like at a certain point, maybe around like your 50th or 60th unsolved murder, maybe you start looking into what you can do differently. Maybe you start giving training about like carrying gloves to a crime scene and like not picking up a murder weapon with your bare hands. Taking names down. Also, take names down. I get get this is a small town. Cordon off a crime scene. (laughs) Yeah. I at least would like pull out duct tape out of my trunk and figure that out myself. I don't have yeah. duct tape in my trunk. That sounded. I don't even have a trunk. That sounded like. Are I, they next to your zip ties and your ski mask? <laughs> I don't. That's even where have a I trunk keep my, my duct tape. <laughs> I know. Like what? But I thought you said this town had like the highest, second highest homicide rate or something. Like that you should know how to investigate a murder. Yeah, it does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah. there's no excuse there. No. But dismissing the charges against Kyle didn't mean that charges couldn't be brought against him at a later date. In oh, November <laughs> In November of 2018, so this is like a couple of years later, the police chief and the police chiefs seem to turn over a lot from the beginning of this case to the end. There's been like three police chiefs. It's been five or six years and there's been like three different police chiefs, but The police chief in 2018, Richard L., said that there was unequivocal physical evidence linking a specific suspect, Zellner, to the murder of Josiah Lawson. By this time, you know, it's been years. So DNA has come back from the knife found under the Mustang. That knife was determined to be the murder weapon. It had Josiah's blood found on it, as was Kyle Zellner's DNA was found on the (gasps) tip of this knife. And this wasn't like trace DNA or touch DNA or transfer DNA or or things that like could be, you know, placed or accidentally dropped on there. 26% of the DNA found on the knife was definitely no question about it from Kyle. This is an obvious slam dunk, right? I mean, yes. So he turned the investigation over to the Humboldt County District Attorney's Office. District Attorney Maggie Fleming reviewed the evidence and decided to take it in front of a grand jury, which was convened in February of 2019. Twenty-five witnesses gave testimony, including two separate DNA analysts who testified that there was a one in septillion chance or some ridiculous number that the DNA- Never heard that word in my life. (laughs) It's like more than a zillion. (laughs) How many zeros are in a zillion? Forty-seven. No, there's like a million zeros oh. in a zillion. Really? I made right? that. I made. I mean, I made hey, that. Hey Google, up. how many zeros are in a zillion? On the website greatly.in, they say zillion has an indeterminate number of zeros. Do you want a little more context? Oh. Definitely not. Nothing. Okay, you. so I guess it can't be more than a zillion <laughs> if there's an indeterminate number of zeros. More than forty-seven zeros. <laughs> <laughs> That's insane. That doesn't make any sense. Anyways, that's basically the odds that this DNA is anyone but Kyle. So it's definitely for sure his. But 
There was also an unidentified combination of DNA found on the knife that could leave room for doubt that someone else may have had contact with the weapon. Ren said that during this trial, like when she would go to the trial because they were all testifying, that Lila would like taunt her, telling her that she should come and sit by them because they don't bite. Oh, I don't want to sit by you. Well, they, And they literally left bite marks on her boob. Oh, yeah. I forgot yeah. about that. <sighs> Lila Ortega testified that she'd gone to the party with her friends Angelica, Naya, and Casey. Kyle had driven them all there but had dropped them off and gone home. And at some point that night, Lila noticed her phone was missing from her pocket and she looked around for it and then used her friend Casey's phone to call Kyle to ask him to come pick them up, telling him that either someone had stolen her phone or she'd misplaced it. And she said he kind of laughed at her because she loses her phone a lot. Oh. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's my question. Where did her phone show up? Probably back at home or... So Charmaine Lawson, Josiah's mother, said that she found it later that night. Lila testified that she never found the phone, ever. It never turned up. So I don't know. But side note, if you lose your phone a lot, maybe just assume that you've lost it instead of immediately jumping to the conclusion that someone stole it. Yeah, because even if Kyle is who stabbed Josiah, like, Mm -hmm. Lila, you also should feel... I don't know. I just feel like you kind of caused she feels all this no responsibility at all because she says that okay, so she said that Kyle got to the party around 1:45, like he had dropped them off, she called him to come pick them up. He got there around 1:45. She said that she and Kyle very politely asked two men standing on the porch if they'd seen her phone. And the men suddenly became very aggressive and yelling at her about why she's accusing them of stealing her phone. And then one of them just punched her in the face. She's saying basically for no reason that neither her nor Kyle were acting aggressive at all. She said she never asked anyone to turn out their pockets or anything like that. And that she was very polite. And I don't know who the two men were. I'm I'm assuming like the Castillo brothers or but Josiah was also there. And so was Ren. So I don't know why she keeps saying it was two men on the porch. I think it was three men and a woman. Yeah. Her friend Casey Gleaton also testified and said that she'd been getting, that Lila had been getting a little hysterical about the missing phone. Like she was, she'd been crying. She was getting a little loud. She was basically panicking over this missing phone. She was really upset that she'd lost it. So emotions are heightened and you're like potentially maybe not being super polite. And you're intoxicated. Casey said that when Kyle asked the two guys on the porch about the phone, he said, did you take a phone? And so the guys who, again, they were never named in this testimony. I'm assuming Kyle and Kristoff and Josiah got angry about being accused of stealing the phone. And she said she saw one of them punch Kyle, but she didn't see Lila get punched like Lila said that she did. Casey did said Lila she'd been, look like she had been punched? Like, I feel like you look like you've been punched. I don't you know? know if she had, like, I don't think she, I don't know. She'd been in a, quite a few scuffs before the end of mm. this night, you know? Okay. This episode is sponsored by Pros. Supporting our sponsors really helps support the show. A couple of years ago, I decided it was probably time I figure out some kind of skincare routine, 
But the problem was, and has always been, too many options. I don't know exactly what I need or what's best for me and my skin. So thus far, my solution has been to just buy a skincare line off the shelf and hope it helps. But that's all about to change when my custom skincare from Pros comes in. Each and every bottle of Pro's custom hair and skincare is made to order and personalized with a unique blend of naturally powerful and proven effective ingredients to meet your needs. In fact, in a third-party, double-blind, dermatologist-supervised, controlled clinical study, aka the gold standard in research studies, Pro's proved that personalization works better than off-the-shelf alternatives. Try it for yourself and get your healthiest hair in 30 days or get your money back. Pros is so confident that you'll love your results that they're offering our listeners an exclusive trial offer so that you can see the difference custom care can make. That's 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash creepers. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash creepers for your free consultation and 50% off your one-of-a-kind formulas. Pros.com slash creepers. Casey said that she'd been friends with Lila for about 10 years, but that she hasn't hung out with her since this night. Yeah, probably good choice. Yeah. I think none of these people should hang out with any of these people anymore. And the yeah. couple should break up. <laughs> yeah. And they're still together. Like still. What? To this day. Kyle and Lila. Yeah. Gross. So Lila said after that incident on the porch that they were trying to leave the party, but Kyle couldn't find his keys. And then like about 30 people started to come out from the house and they surrounded Kyle. And then she said a few girls, including Ren, came and fought her and her friends and she said she'd never seen Ren before or asked her about the phone, but Ren said she was on the porch when the guys were getting accused. She couldn't really see what was happening with Kyle, just that he was on the ground and people were kicking him in the face and he wasn't moving. And finally, Naya came to help her out with Ren and Ren basically called a truce and was like, I'll let go if you let go. Lila testified that she then turned her attention to Kyle, who was on the ground being kicked by a group of about five guys. She hovered over him, yelling at them to stop, and they all just stopped. At that time, according to Lila, Kyle was unconscious. She testified that neither her nor her friends used pepper spray or mace, but that later she rubbed her eyes and they started to sting, so she thought something might have been sprayed on her. Kyle's face was completely smashed up, really bruised. His eye was really swollen. Like, this whole part of his eye and around his face was, Ugh. like, red. Casey gave a similar testimony, but unlike Lila, she did see Josiah after he'd been stabbed. Lila basically said she didn't even know it was Josiah that had been stabbed. She didn't see him at all. Casey said she saw him afterwards. She said Kyle was being attacked by like five or six guys in the grass, which is similar to what Lila was saying, and that she saw Josiah fall closer to the street, like halfway in the street, halfway in the grass after he'd been stabbed. Like after they've been broken apart and then well, one of them. No, no, I mean, that's the thing is like, okay, how do we reconcile this with Paris's story? But I'll give my thoughts on that in a second. Lila said that she never said, I hope that N-word dies, like was reported. Witnesses said mm -hmm. that that's what she said. But she also was like, I was being so polite. It doesn't seem like she's being very like forthcoming and willing to put herself in a realistic or negative light. Like she's yeah, trying to also, put herself. Yeah, party. Like. People aren't being polite. I mean, you're not maybe if, – if you're not being openly rude, you're not like, 
hey, can I please? I mean, it, right. you're at a party. You're well, drinking and it's at a party like, with your friends. You know, if you told me like, yeah, I was probably a little aggressive because I was panicking and I was really upset yeah. about my phone, I would believe your story more. But when you're like, I did absolutely, I had no part in this. And I get like, they didn't start any of these fights. Ren started every one of these fights. And I think that yeah. that's on her and that's for her to like reconcile with herself. But like, look at your part in this. Look at yeah. like, look inside, have some self-reflection and maybe I'll like believe your story. But right now there's holes that aren't matching up with what other people are saying that seem to be a little bit more honest. I don't know. Anyways. She said she never said that and that she didn't even know who had gotten stabbed until after she left the house that night. Casey said that they were all just really shaken up about Kyle. He was really hurt. And so in response to that, Lila said, and this is Casey testifying that Lila said, I hope that guy dies. But later they asked if it's possible she used a racially derogatory term. And Casey said, yeah, that's possible. So, yeah, I don't think that that's unlike like. I don't think that's un like I don't think it's impossible Reasonable. to think that she yeah. would say that when in she's response like, like upset that and I'm like I'm not a, trust me making excuses for her saying oh that no at all. for sure I'm just I'm just understanding it's that it's in this heightened environment your boyfriend's on the ground and you say this like in anger in response in a little bit of racism you you know you say this yeah I think not she knowing said that it. there's been a stabbing like. Uh, yeah, if and if that is true, she, well, she did because she's like, I hope that guy dies. She definitely knew that there was a stabbing. People were yeah. like, he's been stabbed. Like, like yeah, she you know, it's just not admitting to anything. I don't know. So yeah. it was not making excuses for her. She's the, the my least favorite character at play. Well, yeah. her and Kyle. Yeah. So it was really hard for me to reconcile Naya and Lila's stories because I do think that it's true because they had this very specific story about. Lying on top of Kyle, him being unconscious or looking unconscious while people are surrounding him and kicking him. Like, I just don't think that they would have gotten together and made that up. Like, Casey's That's like not, a, yeah. she's not looking like she's covering for Lila or like trying to make their stories match. Like, the, you know, I think that that happened. But I'm like, okay, how could that have happened? And then also what Paris saw, which as a reminder... Paris's story was that he found Kyle and Josiah wrestling like he came up and it was just Kyle and Josiah wrestling in the grass. Josiah had already been stabbed. He pulled Kyle off of him, punched him in the face and said, did you stab my friend? But I think I have figured out a possible scenario for how both of these things could be true, because basically Kyle's defense, what he's saying and what Lila is saying is that it was impossible for him to stab Josiah because he was lying on the ground unconscious when that happened. And so he couldn't have done it. But this is what I think happened. I think that while Lila, Ren, and Naya are busy having their boob-biting, hair-pulling, scratching fight. Cat fight, yeah. Josiah is over fighting Kyle and gets stabbed. Paris sees Josiah and Kyle wrestling. Josiah has already been stabbed at that time. He gets Kyle off of Josiah. Then Paris punches him. He falls to the ground. That's when a bunch of guys come around because Paris is like, he stabbed my friend and start kicking Kyle, Kyle after maybe Elijah has already seen that happen. And then he's giving chest compressions on Josiah at this time. So he doesn't notice like this crowd 
gather around Kyle and start attacking Kyle. Yeah, he doesn't know that's happening. He's trying to keep Josiah alive. Right. And that's when Lila and Naya see what's going on and they go to lie on top of Kyle to get everybody to stop beating him up. And that's what I think happened. And so the fact that Kyle was or was not unconscious at that time doesn't matter because I think Josiah had already been stabbed when that was happening. Because none yeah, of them said. I think that's what caused that. That's why all those people came over. Mm-hmm. And no, nobody said. They didn't identify anybody who these people were kicking. They just kept saying these five guys, these four guys. No names yeah, were ever mentioned, they? which drove me nuts. So I'm thinking the Castillo brothers, possibly Paris. He didn't ever say anything about that, but possibly Paris. But nobody said Josiah was in this crowd kicking him. So I think Josiah had already been stabbed. And that's when that's happening. And that then after that's when Kyle goes almost unconscious and gets his face all messed yeah. up was Yeah, five then. against one. Yeah, that's right. how that happened, not one after, to one. Right, after yeah. Josiah had been stabbed. I don't know. This whole scene was such a complete mess. But the only ones there that seemed to have had a cool head and weren't like high on anger, you know, like you get that like flood of your brain stem is like cut off. You're not thinking straight. When you're that angry and in that kind of like, I've never been that angry. <laughs> like, no, but I've done a lot know. of research on the brain and how anger yeah. affects your thinking, and it it affects yeah. your. I've done it because of my kids. It's like you know part of development. Yeah. My my students, because we know that if a kid gets really angry, you cannot teach that child until they get calmed down. Like, and you can't yeah, like. You can't. You can't discipline them or have a conversation with them because they are not thinking straight. And it's the same for adults. Even though their little brains are not as developed, it's still the same for adults. So Paris and Elijah seem to be the only ones that like weren't angry and fighting. And so to me, their stories are a little bit more reliable. I'm not necessarily saying that other people are lying. I think maybe some people are hiding some truths. But I'm not necessarily saying that everybody else is lying. Well, yeah. But I think that their stories are a little bit more reliable because of that. They're a little more trustworthy. And so Paris says that when Josiah and Kyle were wrestling on the ground, no one else was around them, that he broke it up. He saw that Josiah had been stabbed, so he punched Kyle in the face. And Elijah said that he saw something fall out of Kyle's hand when Kyle fell on the ground, but he couldn't be sure it was a knife. This is his. You're not looking for it? You think your friend's been stabbed? Like, don't you try and. No, he. This is. Elijah ran to try to save Josiah. Oh, Elijah. Elijah. Yeah, sorry. This is Elijah's. That was part of Elijah's testimony was that. Yeah. He saw something fall. Couldn't be sure it was a knife. The knife, again, was later found under that red Mustang that was parked right where all the fighting was going on. I just cannot believe with the amount of people out there at this time that no one actually witnessed Josiah getting stabbed. Like, where were the Castillo brothers? Like, I want to know where they are. That's how I know. Or Annalicia. Is that her name? The roommate? Yeah. Annalicia was dancing. She was on the dance floor in the party. She wasn't Uh, leaving with them. Yeah. yeah, I I understand. She had no idea this was going on. But actually, there was one witness to the actual stabbing, probably. <gasps> His name was Jason Martinez, and he knew Josiah, and he'd been at this party. He he's was walking. Li- oh, he's the last name on my list. <laughs> he was him. walking towards the house from Spear Avenue when he heard someone say, oh, shit, 
he has a knife. From where he was walking, he could see Josiah standing next to somebody, and he knew Josiah, so he could make out that it was him, but he couldn't tell who the other person was. And he said it looked like they were talking and that it was confrontational. After he heard he has a knife, he looked up, and the person Josiah was talking to takes his right hand and jabs him in the lower left part of his stomach and again on his chest. He couldn't see a knife or anything in the person's hand. He could just see the motions of the jabbing, but he couldn't actually say for sure that he saw Josiah Jason, where did you go? Did you run? Well, I guess you're not running towards a stabbing, maybe. Like, did I you, don't like, know what he did after that. I probably would run the hell away and be like, yeah. oh my God. Like, I would try. I, well, because you're assuming the other cat. 99, 98 people up there are seeing what you're seeing and can report like and who yelled oh shit he has a knife i mean is that josiah yelling that or did somebody else see this and it's just not saying i think it's probably josiah that said it though but nobody else testified about hearing him say oh he has a knife so that's because we're only talking to these people that's the the issue here we're not talking to anybody that doesn't have skin well those are the only people that were like out here at this time Lila's story about these 30 to 40 people coming out after the first fight, I don't think that's accurate. I think because a couple people talked about 30 or 40 people just coming out of the house, but I think that's after the fighting had gotten really bad. But uh, yeah, it seems That's probably after the stabbing. Great. Yeah, and I don't know. I don't know. It's it does seem crazy to me that nobody there saw this. So, Jason Martinez said he couldn't identify the person that he had seen jab Josiah. Mm-hmm. He couldn't even say if the person was tall or what race the person was. He did say the person was pretty slim, and Kyle Zollner is pretty slim. To me, from combing through all of these people's contradictory stories, the only person possible that could that it could have been is Kyle Zellner. Gosh, it just doesn't feel like that... Like, I feel like we've solved harder things than this. Like, I don't understand how there's just no, it's been dismissed. And yeah, I don't this know. Is like, my, I just that is like my opinion. My opinion. Only my opinion. That yeah. must have been. Yeah. Kyle. My opinion is we just <laughs> haven't done enough. Like, that there's just still so much. Policing? To- police work? Yeah. Yeah. Lila also testified at this grand jury trial. That Kyle had a case of chef's knives because he worked as a chef for a catering company. But she said that she remembers the chef's knives being back at the house when she got home later that night after she'd gone to the hospital. And I am actually not sure what kind of knife this was, but I think it was like a chef's knife type Cooking thing. Knife. Uh, but I, I don't know. I didn't see that. Yeah, in we the just like thousand articles I read did not see what kind of knife it was. But, like, can we look at the type of knife and then look at the knives Kyle has? Like, I just don't understand why we're not. That's what I'm wondering. And I'm wondering if maybe it didn't come from this chef's knives pack because they would have done that. But I don't know. Because she said that the chef's knives were at home. She remembered tripping over the bag when she got home from the hospital that night. However, Casey testified, her friend of 10 years, And Casey said that she remembered at the party that Zellner went to his car and it looked like he was getting something out of the backseat of his car. And then Casey spent the night at Lila's house that night. 
And she said that she saw Lila take Kyle's keys because Kyle's still in the he's arrested. I think he might still be at the hospital, but or at the police station. No, I don't think he went to the hospital, actually. They did not give him medical care for his injuries. And that's part of another issue later. But wait, really? He sounded really well. I'm not 100 percent sure on that. He said in a lawsuit that he was not given proper medical care. I don't I don't know for, if he was taken in the means. hospital or not. But uh, anyways, Casey said she spent the night. She saw Lila go take Kyle's keys, go to his car and come back with the bag of chef's knives. And this is like a black and orange bag. So it's like an identifiable bag. If and he's then, using it for work, he's probably leaving it in his car. Mm-hmm. Like, why would you take it in? And like, if I need right. this for my job that but I drive to when I'm it's a catering it company. Yeah, right. And you wash them there, like Lila, use them there. Right. And Casey said that when Lila opened the bag, that Lila said, there's usually four knives in here, but now there's only three. What the hell? Lila said that never happened. That whole story is made up. But that's what Casey said. And like, why would she make that up? But Casey's why would Casey on Kyle's make that side. Up? And Casey was like trying to defend Kyle. Like, it's not like she's sitting there trying to accuse him or anything. But she said that that's what happened. So... It seems pretty yeah. suspicious to me. According to Charmaine Lawson, Josiah's mom, the DA, Maggie Fleming, seemed to present a case of self-defense on behalf of Kyle Zellner instead of presenting a case of murder on behalf of Josiah. Kyle never once claimed self-defense. He has always stated that he is totally innocent of this crime. He pled not guilty. Not once did self-defense ever come out of his mouth. He said, I couldn't have done it because I was unconscious at the time. Even though he'd already been stabbed when Paris was pulling him off of him. So he clearly was not unconscious during the stabbing. Anyways, not once did he claim self-defense. But the DA talked about it at this grand jury trial. And she talked about defense and self-defense. And the jury was given instructions that uh, said that they could not indict if they decided it was self-defense. and. There was also no one that testified that could confirm that it had been Kyle who stabbed Josiah or even saw Kyle with a knife. No one ever even saw him with a knife in his hand that they could say for sure, I saw him with a knife. There were 18 jurors total, 12 women and six men. And besides one Hispanic woman, the entire jury was white. Wait, why are there so many? Is that There's normal? more for a grand jury. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I thought because this was a need... preliminary thing. No, the, preli- the preliminary hearing charges were dismissed. So this okay. is two years later, two Got years it. after the stabbing, they're having this grand jury trial, which a grand jury does the same thing as the preliminary hearing. They're deciding yeah, on if they can indict or not. Yeah. Right. God, I want to be on one so bad. I know. 12 votes are needed for the grand jury to indict. It's not like a regular trial where you need a unanimous verdict. They just need a majority. Right away, or like a little more than a majority, I guess. Right away during deliberate two-thirds. Anyways, I'm not doing math. I already said a zillion was 47 zeros. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Google. (laughs) Hey, Google, what's two-thirds of 18? It's 12. Great job, 12. Two-thirds, okay. (laughs) 
Right away during deliberations, 15 of the 18 jurors agreed that Kyle Zellner had been the one to stab Josiah. Like 15 of the 18 are like, yes, we think Kyle definitely stabbed Josiah. But the jury four person who, and this is according to one anonymous member of this jury, was the loudest and largest member of the jury, insisted it was self-defense. And then the jury secretary, which I didn't even know they had a jury secretary, but the jury secretary got the facts wrong. When they were deliberating, she was telling all the jurors that the DNA showed that it was only a one in septillion whatever chance that the DNA was Kyle's. Not that it, that's backwards. It's it's a one in a septillion chance that it was anybody but him. Like, and she's saying, they said it basically wasn't his DNA. How isn't anyone like, no, Susan, you misheard. Yeah, I, I in the end, Ugh. the majority of the grand jury ended up voting for self-defense and did not indict Shut up! Kyle Zellner. Yeah, did not indict so him. So what, what does that mean right now? These people are just and living like, their lives? When you look at grand juries, I think I've said before, I've looked it up. I mean, almost, almost 100% of the time, grand juries indict. It is so rare for a yeah. grand jury to not in- indict because they don't have to get to like a reasonable doubt or anything. They they just yeah. have to get to is there enough yeah, evidence just, that should be brought to trial? Like that that's it. I know my uncle was on a grand jury and he was gone for like months. Oh my god, really? I know. Not crazy. That uncle is crazy. Keen. Charmaine Lawson said two members of the grand jury reached out to her and said that 13 members of the jurors had voted to indict Zellner for murder. But then the former deputy district attorney, Joel Buckingham, led the jury to return with a decision of self-defense. And I wish I had more information. That's what I understand. Yeah, I wish I had more information about that because she said that in some article, but didn't elaborate on like why or how. Like, what do you mean he led them to self-defense? Like, what does that mean? Charmaine, if you're available. At least not that I could see. Maybe she has... Maybe she has said that in more detail somewhere else. But anyways, I wish I – because that just seems so wild to me that the DDA would would do that when it's their office bringing the charges in the first place. I just don't have enough information to understand why that happened. (sighs) This is so frustrating. I know. And it just seems like, I don't know, things were going on in that jury room that are kind of weird. With the failure to indict Kyle, protests were held in front of the courthouse. People were holding up justice for Josiah signs. Charmaine Lawson was particularly upset about the DA bringing up this self-defense defense, you know, since Kyle had never brought it up. In a statement, the DA Maggie Fleming, she said that if a DA believes that other evidence would explain away the charge, that they have to produce that evidence for the grand jury. She yeah, said unless that, it's a bunch of BS. Well, she said that there was no question that self-defense would be raised during a trial since, like, he had not been the initial aggressor and had been attacked that he could very easily claim self-defense. But it's like, you're not bringing up, I don't know, that, does, that doesn't seem like you're bringing up evidence. You're bringing up a defense. How is like, he you're not the initial him. aggressor? Because Ren, like, started all these fights. Oh, okay, yeah. I thought you meant between, like, the the two, like, between right. Kyle and Josiah. No. no. I see. Yeah. But I think because Ren started these fights that Josiah was kind of jumping in, you know, I don't know. I don't know what happened. Oh. 
It was chaos. It was chaos. I'm so pissed. Yeah. This is <sighs> this is not how I wanted to start off 2023. This is not protecting my peace, which was a New Year's intention. And if you're going to keep telling me stories like this, I'm going to have to bow out. <laughs> you are going to forget it by like I know. an hour from now. So... I don't know. And this no, thing with this the DA, will be a full 24 hour one for sure. I'll I'll remember this one tomorrow, unfortunately. But by the end of next <laughs> I doubt week, it. I doubt it. Yeah. Well, Kyle even filed a lawsuit in 2018 against the city of Arcata. He claimed <gasps> that his civil rights Ooh. have been violated. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. He claimed that his civil rights were violated because he was wrongfully arrested and that he was seeking damages from the city. He said that police lacked probable cause to arrest him, denied him proper medical attention, and defamed his character, but a judge dismissed all those claims. Kyle said DNA evidence excluded him as a suspect, and the judge was like, no, it did not, actually. Yeah, that's a stretch, bud. Yeah. The only claim that remained was against a police officer, Officer Losey. This was one of the first ones, one that had, that, that had been promoted to detective mm-hmm. that night. Kyle accused him of filing a false police report that instigated a malicious prosecution. So what happened was Officer Losey had filed a police report that stated that a witness, which this witness was Jason Martinez, the one that had seen somebody Mm -hmm. jab Josiah. But Officer Losey's report said that this person had named Kyle Zellner. He had identified Kyle as the stabber when Jason and they listened to the audio tape of Jason's interview. He never said anything of the sort. Like he he always said, I don't know who it was. Yeah. No, that's kind of a big deal. But yeah, it, it is a big deal. The officer admitted at trial that he had made an error when he wrote that in the report. The DA initially said that she filed charges based on that police report. But then later said that it was actually because of a report that said that an analysis of fibers from the knife matched Kyle's clothing. But apparently that report was also inaccurate. And it, it seems like she's kind of like trying to cover for him and or, or not cover for him, but try not to let that affect these charges and try to help with this lawsuit by yeah. saying that because she did earlier initially at the time say that it was because of that report. So anyway, Kyle claims that this false report was not just an error. He says that Officer Losey knew that it wasn't accurate and that he filed it anyway and he was acting with malice. And I don't know that I believe that. It's not that I don't think that there are police officers out there that are not above writing a false police report. But his story of what happened does make a lot of sense to me. He said that he wrote that report at the very end of the night after he'd talked to tons of people. He's not like yeah. interviewing one person, writing a report, filing it, interviewing the next person, writing the report. Right. He's like interviewing all of them. And then at the end of the night, he's just basing it off of memory, writing these reports about what happened, which is, yeah. I'm not going to lie, it's exactly how I would do my documentation. Like, that's exactly what I would do. And so, so many people, And that's why you're not a police officer. Yeah, no, for sure. So, or <laughs> a lawyer. <laughs> Yeah. So many people had said that it was Kyle that did it. Nobody saw him do it except for Jason yeah. Martinez. But everyone said that it was Kyle Zellner that did it, that he was just conflating all of those people with Jason Martinez's testimony because 
By the time he talked to Jason Martinez and he's hearing that he saw some guy jab him, probably in Officer Losey's mind, he's like, oh, well, that's Kyle Zellner that did that. Yeah. And that's why he wrote that in his report. I don't He's think that He's not thinking was, like, oh, Jason never used his name, you know? like I'm going to go ahead and just write that he did because it's so yeah, easily provable. They have tapes right. of the interview. It would be different if, like, he didn't record the interview and then tried to say that, like, that would look pretty shady. But it's like, he, you know, I don't know. I think it was – I do think it was just a mistake. Yeah. But it, that just makes more sense to me that it it was a mistake. Right. But we've seen worse. So, you know, <laughs> anything is possible, I guess. Initially, so terrible, but so true. I know. Initially, a jury in this lawsuit awarded Kyle $750,000 for like a couple nights he had to spend in jail, wrongfully arrested, quote unquote. But a judge overturned that ruling, saying that there was a lack of probable cause for his malicious prosecution claim. Like, he didn't have enough proof that this was malicious. Yeah, I mean, I'm sorry. If this person's going to stab... Okay, I get it. It's it's our opinion. We don't know. Right, our opi- it's our opinion. Yes. But if if he potentially stabbed someone and then also got $750,000, I would be hot over it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, are you kidding? Also, could you imagine thinking that you're getting $750,000 and then they're like, no. Haha, <laughs> never mind. I know, right? Yeah, that sucked. <laughs> that was, I hope that sucked for you. <laughs> yeah. I hope you get the day you deserve. I sure hope you get the day you deserve. This judge said that a reasonable officer with Mr. Losey's knowledge would believe that there was a fair probability that Mr. Zellner had stabbed Mr. Lawson, yeah. which... That statement just makes this whole thing even more bizarre, almost insidious, that Kyle Zellner is still free and clear of this murder, where the judge is saying, like, an officer with his knowledge would reasonably assume that it was Kyle that had done this. But we cannot hold you accountable, Kyle, in the court of law. Well, and there is a difference between assuming somebody did it and proving somebody did it. I mean, there is a difference. And I also, like... I think that this is terrible, and I want justice for Josiah, and I think he deserves that, and I think his family deserves that. Yeah, Charmaine. But I also truly believe that in our justice system, you have to prove it. You can't just like, no, you have to prove it with evidence, even if you know who did it. And I would, I hate saying this, and I've, I've gotten flack for this before saying this, but I would rather guilty people go free when they can't prove that they murdered them, then innocent people be put in prison for something that they didn't do. And I don't want either of those things to happen. Let me be clear. I think both of those things suck. But I think if you want to make sure that all of the guilty people get put in prison, then innocent people are the fallout of that. Like you're just, you're not going to have as high a burden of proof and innocent people are going to go to prison. More yeah, than already that's does. That's so scary. I never thought about like going. I to think prison. that, but also let me be clear. I think the DNA on the knife is plenty of physical evidence, yeah. <laughs> and all these yeah, witness statements. Some- and Joe's like, I think it. Uh, I think there's evidence here. <laughs> yeah, uh, agreed. But I just until this podcast, I never thought about like 
I could just be like walking down the street and they're like, Samantha McGabb, you're under arrest for something that happened and you weren't even there. And I'd be like, wait, what? Like, I mean, (laughs) it is like, it's really concerning to me. It's more likely going to happen to me because my name is way more common than your name. And I'll be arrested for some other Kristen Williams out there that's like out committing crimes. Mm hmm. That's There's no true. other Samantha Mogabs, so. <laughs> I saw today on the internet this guy got master's tickets sent to him. Like, he has the same name as a professional golfer. And he got the invitation, like, you're cordially invited to play in the master's. And so he had to, like, message this professional golfer on Instagram and be like, hi, uh, I think this is for you. <laughs> and I'm like, that's the most positive mix-up. The <laughs> other could be... <laughs> Could you ima- no? What would you do? Absolutely. Would you would you contact the person or would you use the invitation to get into the masters? Okay, here's the thing. It'd be different. I mean, obviously I would do the right thing. Everyone knows about my moral compass, but this wasn't tickets to go watch. This is like you are a professional golfer and you have to go play. I obviously couldn't pull that off. But <laughs> I was like, oh man, could you imagine? Oh, that's if, funny. If masters tickets accidentally show up in my mailbox to go watch. My moral compass might have to go on vacay because I probably would be partaking in this. Sorry. Well, after the grand jury failed to indict Josiah, the district attorney, Maggie Fleming, stated that she would not present the case again without an eyewitness. There were 100 people at that party. There were people there when Josiah was murdered. People know what happened here. And Charmaine Lawson is begging the community for help. There's supposedly video evidence, apparently, of this. Yeah, wait, people got cell phones. Yeah. Someone pull up a Snapchat. And she's asking anyone, whoever has it, or anyone that has any information about it to come forward. The police department is saying, like, even if you don't think you had information, if you were at this party, even if you left before the stabbing, please come forward and talk to us. And maybe you know something that you don't think is important, but could help shed some light. And there is a reward. No one's volunteering for that. Well, there is a reward for anyone that comes forward with information about Josiah's murder. I think it's like $55,000 now. So (gasps) sometimes a monetary compensation helps people that normally wouldn't want to get involved come forward. But the investigation is still open with the Arcata Police Department. The university chief of police, Don Peterson, said, quote, I think we all know what happened here, and it's really a matter of presenting a case that meets that beyond and to the exclusion of a reasonable doubt standard that is applied in criminal cases. And Oh, dang. He put his hot take out there. Sums it up. Yep. I think we all know what happened here. We just have to prove it. And dang. I think the only way at this point to prove it, to bring this case forward again, is for more witnesses to come forward. So, you know, if somehow this has reached your ears and you were at that party, even if you think you don't know something, but especially if you do and you just haven't said anything for whatever reason, I'm sure you have your reasons, please, please talk and tell what you know. Let's get justice for Josiah because this is really sad. He died. I mean, he died. Like... He was 19 years old at a party, and he died over a phone. That wasn't even lost. Well, she says Kyle and Lila still together. Yeah, they're still together. Explain that to me. Charmaine keeps sharing their like (laughs) couple photo on the Justice for Josiah Facebook page. 
<laughs> Charmaine, if you're listening, hit your mm-hmm. girl up because mm-hmm. love to chat. Yeah. I know. All right. Ugh. Well, that is the murder of David Josiah Lawson. She calls him <sighs> DJ. Charmaine does. Aww. DJ. I know. And if you go on, so she's got, yeah, gosh, I think it's right justiceforjosiah.com, but gosh, now I can't remember the name. But if you go on that website, there's a video that she has posted of Josiah it's before he went to college, right after he graduated from high school, I think. And he's giving this speech about what it means to be a man. And He's, oh, just, he's so handsome. Yeah, he is. And so just he, he was very well spoken, especially for somebody his age, like an 18-year-old kid and and he just yeah. had some really good things to say and you know, just seemed like Yeah, it's justice for Josiah Lawson.com, but you can just google it. Wait, where does Charmaine keep sharing this uh photo? I On the see. Justice for Josiah Facebook page. You can just search <laughs> Justice for Josiah Facebook page. It'll come up. And she is she just flaming them? Yeah. 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 Charmaine, love that energy. Uh, Justice for David Josiah Lawson. Yeah. Well, that is. And she said that the jurors awarded him over $800,000, but I read seven fifty. dollars but I don't, I don't know. That could be the right number. Ugh. Lila's an Aries, so. Uh, that makes sense. There's that. Uh, do we have any shout outs? Oh, I bet our cards are going to be arriving soon to some people. Oh, yay. Thank you so much to these patient people for their shout outs because we're back. We're back from a break and we want to give our sincerest gratitude yes. to the following people. Wait, how do you get a shout out, Mogab? We didn't talk about the Patreon. <laughs> Uh, that's because, listen, the people know. They the people don't know that we up. have a Patreon. They do. And they want to sign up so bad because if they sign up at the $5 level, they get a bonus episode every month. At the $7 level, you get a bonus episode every month. You also get our mini creeps, which are like little mini episodes about all kinds of topics. Sometimes they're really good rants. Sometimes they're extra true crime. It's really a grab bag of fun. And then you also get a card and a sticker autographed by Kristen and I, wax sealed by me. And at the $10 level, you get all of those things at both of those. Plus, you get all of our episodes ad-free and a discount on merch. I forgot how much. 20%. 20% off merch. Sometimes. The discount. Dis- the, the, look, if you have issues, the disco? message me on the, with the discount. <laughs> all right, you going first? Sure. This shout out is to Sarah Helfenstein. Steen or Stein? Helfenstein. Sarah Helfenstein. She, she did so great with the phonetics and then left us hanging on the Steenstein stain. Yeah, Steenstein. Hey, Steenstein. Sarah Helfenstein. Stein. What a great name, though. Helfenstein. Okay. I love that. Helfenstein. Steen. Hel- Helfenstein. Thanks, Sarah. I do like the Sarah. <laughs> I know. That was helpful. A big, big thanks to Hannah Barano. And major shouts, Cindy, for this phonetic spelling so that I call you Cindy Crouch and not where I first almost went. Like Barty Crouch. Mr. Barty Crouch. Crouch. He was a terrible, he was terrible in the book. He was terrible, but it reminds me of Winky, who was not terrible because she'd be like, Mr. Crouch. And last but not least, oh, I'm definitely going to be using the phonetics for this. Chris 
like Christopher, but without the Topher. Brewski. Brewski. As in, let's order some wings and a brewski. <laughs> Chris Brewski. That's cool. I like that without the Topher. Hey, Topher. Chris Brewski. Oh, I love it. Thank you, everyone. And if you sign up for your shout out and you haven't heard it yet, don't worry. It's going to come up in a future episode. If you sign up for the Patreon but did not sign up for the shout out, it's like a form you got to fill out. It's over there on the Patreon. Let me know if you can't find the form, but go look for it, you know, before you message me. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, someone's back to being a teacher, everyone. Kristen's break is... Uh, did you read the instructions before you asked Miss Williams, everybody? Did you look for it yourself before you messaged me? Are you tattling? Are you? <laughs> also, yeah, okay, well, we're not going to get into all that. But yes, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for hanging in there with us through this break. It was so great. We needed it so much. And hey, if you want to support the podcast even more, you can follow us on our social media uh, join our Facebook group. That would be amazing if you join our Facebook group. Would we be. love it in there. And on that note, you want to buy peeps and creeps it? <gasps> buy peeps and creeps. Buenas noches. Adios. <laughs>